All right, joining us right now is Todd Karpovich, and Todd Karpovich joins us. He covers the Orioles for uh, Press Box, among other things. Mr. Karpovich, how are you? Hey, Stan, how's it going? Thanks for having me on again. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, how are you? Um, how are you uh, perceiving the roster build? We dealt with it last week. They've done a couple things this week by releasing uh, Eric Young and also letting uh, Alcides Escobar opt out of his contract. Yeah, I guess um, looking back at what you put together this week, um, um, I think I think you're I think you're really close there, Stan, um, with what you had um, with the rotation. I think Mike Wright uh, pitched pretty good again yesterday, so I think he he's got a shot at that other spot with David Heston in the final two spots. Um, and you like uh, you like seven relievers. I think I went with eight, but I think um, seven might be the way to go if, they, if, they're, if they're pretty confident with that rotation. Um, and then uh, the infielders um, are pretty much set. You're, you're high on uh, Dwight Smith Jr., correct? Yeah, I said that he would make the team. I based it on the fact he's a better defender than Eric Young. Yeah, I think Eric Young's release kind of opens the door. He, he's hit really well. Yeah, he, did hit, he did hit well, and he'll probably get a minor league. Look, Brandon Hyde said he'd love to have him uh, in the minor leagues with the Orioles, but if he can get a better offer, uh, so be it. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and then we're he, he eventually could get an opportunity, you know, in Baltimore. So It's possible. Um, he, could be, he could be a bridge early in the season. If he went down to Norfolk, and is playing well, and something ends up getting done with with Chris Davis, either a DL spot or a buyout of some type or something, uh, or Mark Trumbo is hurt for any length of time. There's no no question. Eric Young could factor in as an Oriole before it's all said and done. Yeah, yes. Well, it's Chris Davis. He's four for twenty-seven with fifteen strikeouts. Not very encouraging. Not very encouraging, and you wonder exactly what the work is that has been done in spring training uh, with a new hitting coach and and also, you know, some of the analytics that I'm sure they've applied to him trying to get this thing turned around. Yeah, I mean, you get a point where it's just not, it's not repairable, you know. it's. Uh, well, I think way. they've missed – look, I, do I know for a fact that he hasn't seen sought the help of a sports psychologist? I don't know that for a fact, but to me – from the day that Chris Davis signed that contract and began to struggle the first year of the new contract and the advent of the heavy dosage of shifting, those two things combined to put an enormous pressure on this guy to live up to a contract. He's never done it uh, since he signed that contract. And to me, that you can, you can use all the analytics in the world or get a new batting coach and all that, until you deal with what's what's in between his ears, what's driving that thing, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's such a tough position because it's that's a, that's a lot of money to eat to decide to release him. It know? almost it's, reminds me, guys, of the 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 offensive player equivalent of, to the Yips to the, like to the Yips what, and, and Ankill had, you yeah, know, where no all of a sudden question about it. I all, wrote that three all, years ago. All of a sudden, he can't. Find the plate. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. it's it's very sad to watch uh, because this guy was you know we can all we can all say wow what a mistake the Orioles made 
but there were an awful lot of us in this room that maybe we wouldn't have agreed with going seven years and 161, but I certainly wouldn't have had a problem if they signed him for five years at 115. You know, I thought he was worth it. Did you, Craig? At the oh, absolutely. Time? And and you know, it's and and that was at a time where it wasn't just Chris Davis. It was J.J. Hardy. It was Adam. Uh, Adam. Uh, you, was... you know, and and a couple other guys who, you know, people would say, well, they're not going to spend the money because they're the Orioles and Peter Angelos owns them. Right. Uh, but so then they went out and spent the money. And, and they've gotten very little, and, and they've got very little in return. Well, from Davis in that end of it, yeah, absolutely. Well, they were sort of bidding against themselves too, if I remember correctly, against Davis. Yeah, know, no, it was um, a t- it was it was the only time. Look, Craig and I, I know, are on the same side of this. They botched up the Mucina thing, something awful. Uh, yeah. By by waiting as long as they did, this was the exact counter to that. Yep. They were bidding against themselves. I think Scott Boris. And Chris Davis, when they got that first offer, they like both look. They both like looked at each other and said, "Did this come from the Orioles?" Yeah, I mean, it was so out of <laughs> but, character. But you know, the other part about it too is they, you know, I think the Orioles, in a lot of ways, in that situation, bid it against themselves. Yeah, that's what yeah. Todd just said. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was no question about it. There was there was really no mystery team or anything. I think Scott Boris did what he did and just bluffed a little. The amazing thing was, if I recall correctly, at those winter meetings, Craig, and that was the year they were in, was it Orlando or Miami? I'm trying to remember where they were. It wasn't, it wasn't the one down in, um, it wasn't the one down in D.C. Harbor. No, no. No, That was was the year before that. Yeah, that was two years ago. It was the year before that. Yeah. But remember, they first threw out like a hundred, I think they were in uh, Nashville. Nashville. That's where they were. I think they threw out like seven years at 148 or something, and they kind of balked on it and said, well, we'll think about it. And the Orioles took the offer off the table, and then two or three days later they announced the signing at 161. The Orioles actually threw in, because of Davis's acceptance of the deferrals, the Orioles made it like 161 from like 148 or something like that. Right, and you yeah. know, I, I always think back to the playoff series against the Royals in when the ALCS, play, right? where 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 he couldn't play, but because he was suspended, but could have played had they made the World Series, you know, starting in Game right. Two. Right. So and, and so he they went the whole you know the pretty much the whole month of September, of September and then in throughout the postseason with, without him. And uh, you, you know, you just talk about no return for your <laughs> well, for your investment. Well, in fair, in, in fairness, him, obviously, you know, whatever he got, you know, but whatever he's doing to get suspended. In so fairness, in fairness to Chris, though, with the free eight, the next year was his free agent season, mm-hmm. and he went back on a drug, sort of like Adderall. He got permission and all that, and he put up the numbers with with free agency staring him right in the eye. He put up big numbers and as if to say that was a whole fluke, you know, last year. I'm okay as long as I take this, uh, you know, this drug that's for ADD, you know. Yeah. Um, what else is going on in your estimation? How, what do you make of um, the Orioles' uh, starting rotation right now and, and the bullpen? Where do you think who's going to make both of those? Well, like you said, I think you know, obviously Cobb, Cashner, and Bundy are locks. Right. David Hess has made a good case. 
And then Mike Wright's made a good case. I thought Rogers had a pretty good shot, but like Craig said uh, two weeks ago, they have they have some time in the beginning of the season to, to really be patient with that fourth and fifth, that fourth and fifth spot. So, yes, yes. Uh, I yeah, think so they'd but, be. I think they'd be smarter to have Rogers go down, stretch out down there, and be the guy. If there's an injury or a poor performance on the major league level, he gives you an option to pull from, and that could be. Frankly, that could be as soon as uh, Aruojo goes down. It could be a simple exchange of Josh Rogers for that for that spot. Yeah, the seventeen days yep. Aruojo has to be on the roster. Well, yep. They're, they're going to do that. I can't see him not doing that. Yeah, I, I listen. Listen, I think uh, Aruojo of all the people that um, Dan Duquette picked over his seven years here. Uh, I think Aroojo probably by far the best arm that he picked up in any of those, you know, in yeah, any I of those agree. Rule Five guys. And I sort of agree with you, Stan, with the last spot in that bullpen between Tanner Scott, Yakubonis, and Evan Phillips. That's going to be that again. Again, they got some flexibility there. I think. Yeah. Um, with some of these guys with their options. I mean, listen. I think they'd like Tanner Scott to get to take the position and seize it. He hasn't shown the ability this spring to throw strikes at the level that I'm sure Brandon Hyde and Doug Burkow want. And again, he's not a guy that spent like like Austin Hayes. Uh, this is about this is not personal. It's not about the money at this point with Tanner Scott. It's about developing a player and finishing off the development. And I don't think he spent very much time, if at all, at the AAA level, did he? And that's what he said about Hayes, too. He just, uh, High came out and said he just needs more time, more seasoning yeah. with some minor leagues. He can't yeah. just skip around. So. Yeah. Well, he never but, batted, He never had an at bat at AAA. And I don't no. think Tanner Scott did. Tanner Scott pitch at AAA? I, I do not was, believe so. I think he came think right he up Bowie, from right? Bowie. I think. Yeah. I'll look that up. Yeah. Uh, are you excited with all that's going on and what we think the team will be like? Are you excited about the start of the season? Yeah, I am. You know, it's baseball season. Like you said, the team, you just can't expect them to really, they're not going to have a why not year. You know, that's just not going to happen. Not, not, with, not with the division they're in. Um, and, you know, it's kind of tough to start the season off against the Yankees, you know, who clearly have World Series aspirations. Um, you know, you don't want to go up there and get your, you know, get your butt kicked in the first series of the season. But I think it's, you know, this is a young team. It's going to be a fun team to watch. Um, it's going to be interesting, you know, see how, Brandon Hyde, how his personality emerges on the bench. It's going to be interesting. I think Mike, Mike Elias is going to be transparent, which is, going to be, which is going to be great. You know, I think he's going to be open about what's happening with the team. And then, of course, following his analytics, you know, how, how big a difference is it going to be with some of these players? Because, you know, you know, we compare numbers, you know, with a lot of these guys from last year to this year. So there's a lot going on, and it's gonna be it's gonna be fun watching this club evolve. I think I really do. I um, I agree. You know, I mean, look, listen. The win column is not, you know, as Joe Angel would say, there aren't going to be an incredible amount of nights that you can put this one in the win column, but I think you can put it in the D column, the development column, uh, all season long. And I think it's, uh, you know, it's one of the parts of a, a rebuild that fans. They shouldn't just check out for three years and then come back when the team's good. Uh, they should sort of buy into it and be a part of it because it can be a lot of fun rebuilding. It, it's sort of the first rebuild this team's really had. I mean, it's been it's been band aids and you know yes, it has. trying to kind of add a few pieces here and there. This is really the first time in a long time they've actually torn it down. 
and they're, they're going to build from the ground up. I think um, it's the first time. It's really funny you mentioned that, and I said this the other day. I think it's really the first time in the club's history that management and ownership are on the same page uh, as to rebuilding from from the ground up. They've always mm-hmm. tried. To, it was like Edward Bennett Williams in 1987 was a time for a rebuild. He went out and spent money on Fred Lynn, Don Ossie, and Lee Lacey. How did that yeah. turn out? Yeah. Not so good, you know. Um, yeah. The only team that they kind of built, uh, you know, in midstream was the 96-97 team. When Pat Gillick came in, there was enough that that had been developed in the early 90s, despite the horrible year with Phil Regan in 95. There was enough there that they added B.J., Randy Myers, uh, Roberto Alomar, and I think there was one other significant uh, guy that they, in 97, I know they added Jimmy Key, but there was enough there um, in, in the cupboard uh, to to quickly do a rebuild on the run, if you will, and that's yeah. what the '96 and '97 teams were about. Well, and then the Orioles don't have the deep pockets anymore like they used to. They're the team lost it. You know, they can't just they can't just throw money at players anymore. They're you know they're a mid market team now. They they have to do it. They have to do it organically. You know, and it's sort of weird because it sort of parallels. You know, the Ravens are the Ravens putting band aids on things now. You know, they they signed Earl Thomas and Mark Ingram, but the are they going to be able to compete with what with the roster they, that young roster they have now? Yeah, that's going to be you know they, I don't want to uh, well, di- uh, digress too much here, but it, it's sort of you know the, the the two franchises are kind of sort of in a, a similar situation. Well, it's funny with the with the Ravens as much as as much as the attention has been on Lamar Jackson and the dynamic that he brings. It looks sure looks to me like they're they're saying hey. Lamar's going to do what Lamar's going to do. It's really not going to be hugely different if we surround him with the best receiver in the world if he can't get the ball to him. Let's improve the defense more and more, and we'll play that game where we're going to possess the ball longer. You know, I think there's a method to that. Um, while I understand your analogy to what the, a rebuild uh, on the, or a, a not a total rebuild, a Band-Aid approach, I think that they're trying to put that defense back together again as quickly as possible. Yeah, they got to get some pat. I mean, they, they have a really good secondary. But that secondary is they're going to they can have a great secondary if you don't have a pass rush. It's not going to matter. Yeah, you know? they definitely um, have to add a pass rusher through the draft. I would think. And getting back to the Orioles too, the, the trade deadline is going to be very interesting with this team to see what they do and if if, if you know Cashner Cobb. I don't know if I don't know if they trade Bundy. I really don't. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what they kind of let go at the trade deadline if guys are performing and what they get back. I'll tell Again. you what also will be interesting is whether or not, you know, suppose this team is competitive and they're hovering around 500 or doing whatever uh, and and how that would play into when it gets time in July to be thinking about trade deadline and and how they would handle that if this team is competitive because – if they're competitive, that means guys that are on this team are performing at a fairly high level. Yeah, really, that would really put a neat dynamic into the season. I'm not well, saying that's going to happen, but I think these guys—I think these guys are are cold-blooded killers, Elias and Sigmadol, and I think they they would see through that and know that they're the biggest value that they could give the Orioles would be to perform well and trade all three of them. 
the starting Yeah, I don't think pitchers. they deviate from the strategy because at the end of the day, they're not going to win the World Series. Correct. You know, so. Yeah. I think we can all agree on that. Hey, Todd, <laughs> we will talk to you in a couple weeks once the season's underway. I booked uh, our friend Andrew Stetka next week, so uh, enjoy your Saturday next week. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. All right, oh, buddy. You gotta, Thank you. going down Tuesday for the workout? Uh, I'm going to try. Is it Tuesday or Wednesday? Uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. It yeah, it's Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, I'm going to get yeah. there. I'll get there. I'll all right, bud. There. I'll talk all to right, you thanks. soon. Okay. All right, there you have it.